0: This episode is sponsored by Kensington Publishing. Escape into this summer's most buzzed book, All In, by Simona Arnstead, where beneath Sweden's midnight sun, the elite prowl parties for conquests, trade secrets like currency, and the cat-and-mouse game of seduction between two lovers is poised to change the power balance forever. Luxurious, fun, and escapist, All In really does have it all. Named by Publishers Weekly as one of the best books of summer and described by Kirkus Reviews as a stylish tale of corruption, revenge, and hard won love, All In by Simona Arnstead is an international bestseller poised to do for commercial women's fiction what Stieg larson did for Scandinavian crime. So you're ready. Take the leap, go All In. Available now everywhere books are sold. For more info, visit readallin.com or kensingtonbooks.com.
1: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 61, and today we are talking about books released on July 5th, 2016. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with my fellow well redhead, Rebecca Shinsky, and we're coming to you from BookRiot.com. Hello. Oh, my God, we're
0: back again.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're doing it. I've been practicing. That's all I got. Also, I've had four Red Bulls today, so there was no stopping me. Like, it was coming out.
0: (laughs) Books are back. All right. (laughs) Yeah, it's summer, and we would like to be outside. We would. (laughs) I was telling you right before we started recording, I went, it's Saturday morning, which is not our usual recording time, and I went to yoga this morning, and I got very relaxed. Uh, So you've had a lot of Red Bulls, and I'm like very (laughs) zen, and anything could happen. Maybe we'll meet in the middle. (laughs) We'll create this like perfect, it's like one perfectly balanced pink-haired person. I was just
1: going to say pink hair. yep. There you go. Yeah, I was going to do like my whole head this last time, but I decided I just liked all the different colors that were in there. So I just added some more and they just keep making their own like they're like rabbits. I like your
0: Technicolor dream hair. Thank you. It is fun. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at your first pick and it occurs to me that if we went back and counted how many books you have featured in 60 episodes of the show that either had wolf in the title or had something to do with wolves, we would probably have like a dozen. You think so? It feels like we have wolves all the time. Well, it's it's a post-apocalyptic book,
1: so there's certainly been a lot of those. That's true. So, um, but let me kick it off. Yeah, tell me all about it. My first pick is called The Wolf Road by Beth Lewis. Um, it's sort of a true grit meets the road Um, after the apocalypse, gritty American story, it's, it's about a girl named Elka. Uh, When it opens, she is seven years old. There has been a terrible something that has happened to the country. Um, mostly like a war. You get the idea that it was nuclear and, you know, several generations back. And so now she's living in the wilderness with her Nana, who is a hard, horrible, terrible woman. Um, and she's seven years old when one day... Something big happens, Um, some sort of weird storm, and she's picked up and she's thrown uh, from her house. And she gets lost in the wilderness, like she can't find her way back, she doesn't know where she is. Um, And she walks for days and she comes across this cabin. uh, And there's a man who lives in the cabin, she doesn't know his name, she asks him but he won't tell her, so she calls him Trapper. And he takes her in and he's like, you know, stay here. Um, when I come back in the morning, we'll talk about, you know, finding your Nana or whatever. Or I'll go look and see if I can find her. Um, what eventually ends up happening is that he can't find her grandmother. She stays there with him. He's a very hard, um, unemotional sort of guy, but he's very good at living off the land. And he teaches her everything he knows about um, hunting and gathering and fishing. And she lives there for many years. Um, and he becomes, like, a father to her, you know, she cares about him, um, but, but the only thing that's a little strange is that, like, every once in a while he will leave and go away for a couple days or a few days, um, and eventually she, she's 17 now, and she's trusted with the job of going into town and getting them supplies, and, like, the number one rule is don't talk to anybody about me, like, that's the, the rule, uh, or do, don't talk to anybody in general. Um, but one day she's in town and she sees a wanted poster with the trapper's face on it. And while she's looking at it, she's approached by a woman who is magistrate lion. And she introduces herself and says, do you know this man? And and Elga's like, no, I don't know who this is. Um, but she's lying and she doesn't know why. And she asks, um, the magistrate why, you know, there's a wanted poster for him. And she tells Elka that he is a horrible serial killer, that he has murdered all these people over the years. Um, And Elka is just stunned, but she doesn't, you know, admit to knowing him. But she decides that she is going to leave the trapper and head up north. When she was living with her Nana, her Nana told her that her parents had left her there to go seek gold, that, you know, the horrible um, bombings and everything that took place in the country had ...opened up land and there was all this gold and people had gone in search of it. So she decides to leave the trapper and flee with only her very sharp knife and her survival skills. Um, But the trapper is not happy that she has talked to someone. Like, he finds out and he doesn't want to let her go. So now she is heading towards her parents as the trapper and the magistrate... ...who does not believe that she didn't know who he was, are, are hot on her heels. And so she has to fight the elements as well as bears and poisoned water and dangerous crazy people that she meets on the road, um, as well as evade the trapper and the magistrate in hopes of finding her parents. Um, it's just this apocalyptic tale of cat and mouse. It's a sort of Deadwood after the fallout revenge story. It was really good. It's really like, unsettling and gritty and tons of fun. Again, it's called The Wolf Road by Beth Lewis.
0: I'm going to read that. It's been a while since I've been unsettled. Oh,
1: well, there you go. I got a couple
0: of those for you today. So I should read that in my post-yoga. <laughs> <laughs> like, Shake things back up. Um, my first pick this week is in quick contention to be my favorite book of the year, or it'll be in my top five for sure, uh, I think so far at least. It's Here Comes the Sun by Nicole Dennis-Benn. Uh, this is a debut novel. It's set in Jamaica. It's mostly about three women in the same family. Uh, Margot is the main character. She, I think, is in her 30s. We get the impression maybe early 40s. She works at one of the fancy resorts and she is the mistress of the owner. But she also has this under the table prostitution business as well, where she will sneak in and out of the rooms of guests of the hotel um, and make extra money that way. She's doing it all for her younger sister, Tandy. Tandy is the promising one in the family. She's the one for whom everything is supposed to be different. Um, And she goes to private school. She's studying for important exams. She's under really intense pressure. And so we see Margot like dealing with her wealthy lover who keeps promising her that she's going to move up in the hotel business and it never comes. And then Margot eventually finds herself running a new business where she's essentially a madam with a bunch of girls who are working out of the fancy hotel. And meanwhile, Margot is saving all of this money to help go towards Tandy's education. Tandy feels so much pressure and so much scrutiny and, and, also just feels like she's never going to be good enough. Um, she is one of the darker girls at her school, and she has absorbed this notion. There's a, a lot of interesting stuff that goes on um, with colorism uh, in the novel, and Tandy has absorbed the idea that she's too black to be beautiful. So she's been going to Miss Ruby, who is lightening her skin uh, for her and you know rubbing a uh, cream on it and she's like got a cream on her skin that's covered in plastic wrap and then she puts on a sweatshirt in hot weather in Jamaica because she's trying not to get any sun exposure um she wants her skin to get lighter and she's just sort of tortured on the inside, trying to meet everyone's expectations. Dolores is Margot and Tandy's mother. She had Margot when she was 16. Her life has been very difficult. And she is uh, a very dark black woman and is sort of referred to by other people in their neighborhood as ugly. And she carries that with her. Uh, we also meet Margot's lover, Verdeen. Margot is a lesbian, and that is very frowned upon in their community. And she's not out. She's not even fully accepted that she's gay. Um, and we get to go you know, into their life together. And then through that, Nicole Dennis-Ben takes the reader into Uh, all sorts of thorny issues in this community into morality um, surrounding color, into morality surrounding sexuality, into the politics of the community, and really into the cycle of poverty that these people are trapped in because of the tourism business that is supposed to be providing so much opportunity for them. She also looks at the cycles of abuse that turn victims into victimizers, Uh, trigger warning for rape and sexual assault, um, and... It's uh, not easy to read. If you liked, um, Land of Love and Drowning, a few years ago. This is not a similar story, but felt similar to me in some of the themes and some of um, the way that Nicole Dennis Ben goes about exploring the issues. There's not the magic realism that Land of Love and Drowning had, though. The narrative here is really taught. All the characters are fully drawn, including the sort of peripheral supporting actors. You feel like you would recognize them if you, you know, met them on the street. The language is really gorgeous, and the story is so surprising. And there were moments where, uh, like... More than eighty percent of the pay, more than eighty percent of the way through the book, a thing happened that I was like, "Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen at all." Um, just a really wonderful, wonderful novel. Such a strong debut. It makes me so excited for whatever Nicole Dennis Ben is going to do next. Again, it's called Here Comes the Sun, and her name is Nicole Dennis Ben. That's Dennis, like Dennis the Menace, hyphen Ben with two N's. She's so nice. Oh, I met her for like twelve seconds at Bea. I did too. I did the whole hi. Hey, I know it's like I, I do. <laughs> I've heard so many great things about your book. I like. I hate it when I meet an author that I'm excited about their book, but I haven't read it yet. And then you're like, I'm really gonna read it. I swear, I'm not just like blowing smoke. <laughs> I liked all the words in the pages. <laughs> yeah, she had on a great dress too. Oh, she's awesome. Yeah, I'm. It, she should be really excited. This is. It's just an awesome book. Yeah, it's everywhere now already. Yeah, and it should be. It's so great. And it has this beautiful cover. It's wonderful for summer. It's a good book club pick. Like, I just can't say enough good things. I really loved it. Um, Before I throw it back to you, we have our next sponsor. Book of the Month is back. Their mission is to work hard to discover and bring literary gems to avid readers like the type of people who listen to a weekly podcast about new books. And they're looking for the books that are truly worth reading. They've been championing great new titles and authors for over 90 years. With the Book of the Month, you You get recommendations from real people, not algorithms. They work with passionate readers like Miss Liberty Hardy, (laughs) who put in hundreds of hours vetting books in order to select the titles that are featured. They also work with special celebrity judges like David Sedaris, Whoopi Goldberg, Ellie Kemper, journalists from Esquire, Oprah's Magazine, Essence, Harper's, uh, book bloggers, media pioneers like Ariana Huffington. Every month, members choose from five powerful, immersive new hardcover books, and if none of the titles in a given month stand out, you can just skip that month. It's a great value. Book of the Month offers lower prices for hardcovers than Amazon, and you can add additional books to your box each month for just $9.99. Shipping's always free. In July, the picks are Love That Boy by Ron Fournier, The Girls by Emma Klein, Rich and Pretty by Ruman Alam, which I talked about on the show a few weeks ago. I loved it. Missing Presumed by Susie Steiner and Sleeping Giants by Sylvan Neuvel. That's which, my pick. I would say we both loved that one uh with uh, being an all the books listener you get 30% off a 3 month membership plus a free books uh, book of the month beach tote and sunglasses in your first box so you're just set to pack up and go out with your books and your beach tote use the code summer30 at bookofthemonth.com to get your 30% off a 3 month membership again it's bookofthemonth.com and the code is summer30 all one word so thanks to them for sponsoring yay All right, lady, back to you. Okay, this next pick is so much
1: fun. Not unsettling, in the least. It is a fun, lighthearted space opera. It's called The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. I've been dying to read this book. It came out in the UK, I believe, a couple years ago, and everyone's like, this book is so much fun, it's so awesome. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. And it is as awesome as everyone told me it was. Uh, It's about a young woman named Rosemary Harper... And it starts out with her. She's in a deep sleep on a, in a pod headed towards a ship through space. Um, she has just graduated university. Um, she's trying to leave her life behind her. And she has taken a position aboard the Wayfarer, which is this sort of aging, beat-up ship that's held together mostly by habit than anything else. Um, she's going to be the assistant to the captain of the Wayfarer, whose name is Ashby. Um, and she's just looking forward to exploring space and exploring every corner of the galaxy and, you know, getting away. You get this sense that she's running away from something. Um, and she takes this job aboard the Wayfarer, and she, you know, meets the crew. It's a, you know, a ragtag team, um, including Ashby, the captain, who's, you know, calm and reasonable, but sort of disorganized. Um, there's Kizzy and Jenks, the engineers. They're a bit like Kaylee from Firefly, Wires everywhere. Great spirits. Um, there's Sisix who is the reptilian pilot that Rosemary is just completely fascinated by. Um, in this in this book, you know, it's way in the future, and there's lots of interspecies. Um, you know, like people have been discovered on other planets and all the stuff. So everybody, you know, works together now. Um, there's Doctor Chef, which, if you couldn't guess, is the medical doctor and the cook aboard the <laughs> ship. Um, I love those descriptive <laughs> names. Yeah. Who has six appendages, so comes in handy when you're cooking and, you know, sewing stitches. Um, and there's also Corbin, who is the ship's algaeist, if that's what I'm saying. it. Um, the ship runs on algae, <laughs> so, which they produce aboard the ship, um, and Corbin is in charge of that. He's kind of like, I'm dating myself here, but he's kind of like the Frank Burns of the ship. He's a tattletale that no one likes. Um, and it's just this like really fun space romp. Eventually the crew decides to take a dangerous job, which is way more than Rosemary was looking to get into, but you know, she's learned to really enjoy her time aboard the ship. And it's just like, like I said, it's a fun space romp, it's really funny and entertaining, it's very character driven. Um, she takes a lot of time to put a lot of detail and backstory into these characters. And it's just this look at a multicultural space world which sort of mirrors our own world um, and you know, it, there's, it, it's like Firefly, there's a lot of comparisons to Firefly, but I actually found it to be more like Farscape, with like the politics of Star Trek. Um, I'm just saying all these really nerdy things now. <laughs> I was just like, I don't understand any <laughs> of these words, but okay. I'm speaking nerd. Um, and it, it's not really hard sci-fi. I found some people were like, this is a hard sci-fi book, and some people were like, this isn't hard sci-fi at all. I found it to be just right, just like in the middle of that sci-fi that sci-fi line again. It's the long way to a small angry planet by Becky Chambers.
0: Goldilocks sci-fi. Yeah,
1: I was trying. I was gonna say like bear sci-fi, and then I was like that could be something totally different. So <laughs> I'm just gonna. I just
0: Don't left Google it. that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, My next pick is also right in my wheelhouse. It's Listen to Me by Hannah Pittard. This is her third novel. I have loved everything that she's written. Her debut was The Fates Will Find Their Way, kind of similar to The Virgin Suicides, but written in a collective, like, plural uh, narrative voice, which is really unique and interesting. And then a few years ago, she had reunion, which was about siblings going back home after their father committed suicide. This book is about a married couple, Mark and Maggie, they're in their 40s. They're leaving Chicago. Chicago for their annual drive east to spend time with Mark's parents in Virginia. And they're leaving earlier than was planned because Maggie has been really struggling lately. Nine months prior, she was mugged at gunpoint and she had just started to recover from like the way that she responded to the mugging was that she was obsessively reading every terrible piece of news that she could find on the internet about every horrible thing that had happened to a person. Uh, And you know how easy it is to go down internet rabbit holes like that. But Mark would come home from work and Maggie would still be in her bathrobe. Or one day he was coming home from work and like passed her on the street walking their dog in her bathrobe. And then she would tell him, you know, did you know that a nine-year-old was abducted at this Walmart and this is the thing that happened to them? Like in a place across the country. She just could not stop reading about these terrible things. She had just started to come out of it. And then a young woman in their neighborhood was murdered. The police come to the door, they show her pictures of the young woman who was murdered, and it plunges her into this paralyzing fear and paranoia. Uh, She's definitely not responding in a healthy way. And Mark doesn't know what else to do. It's put real tension on their marriage. So they just leave, they decide they're going to leave early. The whole story takes place across the couple of days that they spend driving east right into major storms like trees coming down, power lines going out, major storms. And over the course of this drive, Pitard plumbs the dynamics of their marriage. And if you've listened to the show for a while, you know that a novel about like the tangly bits of marriage is a thing that I can't resist. Um so we you you can see like how quickly A moment between them changes how quickly things go from feeling fine to feeling bad and back again, how tender their, you know, delicate spots are the things that they respond to on a hair trigger, and how quickly you know how like, I'm not being articulate about this, because it just felt so right on like, Those, those places that if you've been married or long-term partner to someone that, you know, like if I touch that place on this person, like psychic, emotional place, not physical place, even very lightly, they will respond in a very big way, um, And I shouldn't, but I'm going to because I can't help myself because I'm annoyed. Uh, And that tension that happens uh, when your partner is really struggling and you want to help them, but you're also just ready for them to get over it already. And you feel helpless that you don't know how to make it better. And also you're in a stressful situation uh, because like, I don't know, your flight is delayed or in this case, because you're driving across the country and nothing is going right. And you end up at a hotel that doesn't have power. Uh, It's just so tense and so well done. And over the course of those, like the two days in the novel, and it's I think under 200 pages, this was a one-sitting read for me. I just felt like these were such real people. Um, Pitard has thought so carefully and so closely about what relationships look like and about the unflattering but real and difficult ways that people respond to traumatic experiences. There's this moment where uh, Mark and Maggie are on the highway, Um, their GPS isn't working properly, they're looking for the one hotel in town that supposedly still has vacancies because everybody has either lost power or is full up with other travelers that have stopped and they pull over to the side of the highway and turn on the um, dome light inside the car there's no one around they're the only people in the highway and as mark turns on the dome light maggie says don't turn the light on they'll see you And she realizes as she's saying it that this is a crazy thing to be saying. Like, who is she afraid is going to see them? What is it that she's afraid is going to happen? But she can't stop herself from being afraid of something out there. And Mark can't help but hurt for her and also really be bothered by it. Uh, It's just, like, right down to those details. It's so well done. Again, it's called Listen to Me by Hannah Pittard. I need to read that. Oh, it's good. I have it here. She's great.
1: Yeah, I remember the fates. Book that was really good. I did not read the second one. Yeah, so all was, of, yeah, go oh, oh, go ahead. Speaking of the, second books, ooh, sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you.
0: You're fine. All of, I was just say all of Hannah Petard's books have been one sitting reads for me. They're just I think she's wonderful.
1: Awesome. This is also a one sitting read. There, I switched it up. Woo! That? Multiple segues. My next book is called Lions by Bonnie Nazdum. She did you read Lamb? Did you read? I didn't. Are oh. they connected? No, but. I just love that her first book was Lamb, which is this, you want to talk about unsettling. (laughs) It doesn't get much more unsettling than Lamb, um, but also amazing, like award-winning, just fantastic. So I love that her next book is called Lions. Um, But Lions, in this book, refers to Lions, Colorado. It's a sort of town that time forgot, um, described as a living ghost town. It's, It's very sparsely populated, high in the plains of Colorado, Um, And one day, a mysterious stranger and his dog wander into town, and things get set in motion. Um, Shortly after, John Walker, one of the town's upstanding citizens, and a master welder, he and his son sort of work odd jobs to get by. Um, He has a massive heart attack, and before he dies, he tells his son, Gordon, that he has this secret task. He has to go north and do this thing. Um, and we don't know what it is. Now, Gordon, he is a teenager. And he has a girlfriend named Lee. And they are very close. And they've grown up together. And they have all these like grand plans that Lee has been scheming for their whole lives. Like what they're going to do. They're going to go to college together. And they're going to get married. And they're going to have a family. And all the different things that they're going to do. They're going to leave this town. Because there's nothing going on. Um, but Gordon now feels guilty about... Leaving because his father has asked him to do this thing before he died. Um, and Lee is desperate to make Gordon leave. like she she just wants to get out of there. You know, she's she doesn't want him to stay, you know, bound by this this secret that has been going on, apparently in the Walker family for a very long time. Um, but he doesn't want to betray his father's wishes. It's just uh, this gorgeous, you know, unsettling, I guess it was a good word for it too, like portrait of America and possibility. Um, She is such an amazing writer. I mean, it just, I sat down and read this in like an hour. It just, it's, she weaves the story of past tragedies and loyalties with the ache of young love and the American dream. It's just a really captivating small novel that I will not stop thinking about anytime soon. Um, Again, it's called Lions by Bonnie Nasdam.
0: I have that lying around. I need to read it.
1: Lying around.
0: (laughs) Oh, Yoga brain made me so chill. I didn't even do that on purpose.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shall I tell you about our next sponsor? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Our last sponsor is Dream Jumper, Nightmare Escape Book One by Greg Grunberg and Lucas Turnblum. It is a middle grade young uh middle grade graphic novel. I was a middle grade young novel. Whatever that is. Um And it says, Ben's dreams are all nightmares, and his nightmares are real. He can also jump into other people's dreams. So when his friends start falling victim to an evil dream monster that prevents people from waking, Ben knows he has to help them. With help from a talking rabbit companion who has a mysterious past, oh my god, I love that, um, (laughs) Ben might just be able to defeat the monster and save his friends if he can figure out how to harness the power within him against his enemies. Uh, if, there were, if the name Greg Grunberg sounds familiar, it's because you probably know him from his roles in the award-winning series Heroes, Alias, Felicity. Um, I think he had like a s- tiny spot on Lost. I know he was in the new Star Trek movie. He's really awesome. And Lucas Turnblum, the illustrator, is an award-winning cartoonist and illustrator who's best known for his comic strip Imagine This. He's also a contributing artist for Dark Horse's Axe Cop graphic novel series. Um, and you can read a free preview at scholastic.com slash dreamjumper. And we thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Awesome. Also, I want to know about the, the talking rabbit companion with the mysterious <laughs> past. I know. It's like that is a really
0: excellent sentence. Yes. That's great. <laughs> what have you got for me now? I have the paperback release of one of my favorite books from last year, so it has to be discussed. The Fisherman by Chigozi Obioma is out on paperback yes. <laughs> this week. It was, I, I'm pretty sure now that I'm reflecting on 2015, I'm pretty sure it was my favorite novel of 2015. Uh, so I just have to say it again. Um, it's about brothers that are growing up in Nigeria in the 90s. This is narrated by Benjamin. He is the youngest brother. Their father is a big man in their village and he travels often. He instructs them to Be sure to set a good example, to behave well, and to honor the family name while he's away. And one of the pieces of these instructions is that they are not to go fishing. Fishing is a thing that people of lower stations in life do. Uh, So, of course, their father goes out of town and the brothers go fishing. And they do this many times, but one time they're caught, essentially. They are seen by the village madman, and he makes a prophecy that changes their lives. Um, it creates turbulence in their family, but that's just a microcosm for the turbulence that's happening in Nigerian politics at the time as well. There's just l- this lush lilting, beautiful writing. Um, The most memorable reading experience that I had of 2015, right next to A Little Life, uh, but memorable for very different reasons. And it it raises all these interesting questions about family, about uh, this tragic thing that happens in their family. Like, would it have occurred regardless? Did they make it happen because they heard the prophecy and they were so scared that these words would come true, that they, you know, acted in ways that basically made them come true? Was it all just random? Uh, and how, the, how individual people are affected by the major political uh, climate and the things that occur around them that they may or may not have control over. I just really loved it. It's won a bajillion awards. Chigosi Obioma has been so well recognized for this novel and for very, very good reason. If you've not read it yet, I can't say enough that you should pick it up in paperback. I'm also really excellent as a book club pick. There's so much to chew on and talk about here. So again, it is called The Fisherman by Chigozie Obioma. I second that. It's so good. Yeah. My last pick
1: is unsettling, is the word of the day. And (laughs) this one, holy cats. Um, But it's also unbelievable. It's called Problems by Jade Sharma. This is, I think, the first print collaboration between Emily Books and Coffeehouse Press, two awesome indie presses that I love. Um, And this is not a book for everyone. Like, I feel weird when I say that. Like, I feel like that implies that it's not good because that is not the case at all. This is one of the best books that I've read this year, um, if not one of the best books I've read in a long time. But it is at times disgusting and upsetting. Uh, Sharma has taken the idea of likable female characters and pretty much run through the wood chipper. It's, you know, but that said, uh, oh yeah, so the description on the book calls it girls meets train spawning. Like, if that tells you anything. Um, (laughs) All right. But, like I said, it is an absolutely stunning novel. It's about a young woman named Maya who has a bookstore job and a heroin addiction. She also has a husband she married because, basically, she couldn't believe anyone would want her. So she thought she should marry him because somebody did. And she also is having an affair with her professor, sort of proving to the world that she is this horrible person that she believes she is. So she's going to cheat on her husband. Um, And she's just living this cycle of self-destruction. then her husband leaves her. And then the professor ends the affair. And now she's forced to deal with herself. She's only left with her. um, And a growing heroin habit. And she's just a revolting, chaotic mess. But she's also incredibly witty and funny. Um, And and Sharma has just written this cutting, sort of unnerving exploration of women and dependence and self-love. If you've read... You know, Rufy Thorpe or Elisa Albert or Sarah Levine—it reminded me a lot of them. It's just fantastic, and her writing is so amazing that you could eat your own hand out of jealousy. I mean, she's just, (laughs) she's incredible. Um, So again, it's called *Problems* by Jade Sharma. I'm gonna send it to you.
0: I have it. Oh yeah, I have it. I opened it on one of the mailbag videos recently and I was thinking about reading it for this week and then I saw that you were gonna read it. And I was like, that's fine. You give me enough of the titles and I got Here Comes the Sun and Listen to Me this week. So <laughs> I have it and I'm really excited about Runs Likable Female Characters through the Wood Chipper.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's also it's also really small, so
0: it'll take you no yeah. time. It'll take me slightly more no time than it took you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My last pick this week is just for pure fun and silliness. It's called Cats Are Capable of Mind Control and 1000 Plus Uber Facts You Never Knew You Needed to Know by Chris Sanchez, Chris K-R-I-S. This is um, from the creator of the Uber Facts Twitter account, which I have followed for years. I like to follow ridiculous, fun Twitter things to pop up and delight me in between all of the other serious things that occur on Twitter. And it's just... Uh, exhaustive research and great trivia. So here are just a few of the facts that you could enjoy if you were flipping through Cats Are Capable of Mind Control. Bob Ross did the Joy of Painting series for free. All of his earnings came from the art supply store that he owned. Um, also, that Joy of Painting series is on Netflix right now, and it is soothing as all get out. I highly recommend that if you need like a yeah. quiet, if you need a quiet thing to watch. And um, happy little clouds, happy little clouds, happy little trees. It's just mesmerizing. I watched a couple of them one morning last week while I was waking up, and I, I was almost like, "Who even needs yoga?" Like I'll just listen to Bob Ross forever. Anyway, he didn't get paid anything. Ever for that tv series which just makes me like him even more because joy of painting is a public service uh, okay more fun facts in the united states 450 people die every year from falling out of bed oh, dear would you like to take a guess about the country that looks up the word sex the most on google in the vatican <laughs> am i wrong you're wrong it's sri lanka Goodness. And here is from the Department of Deeply Ironic Irony. O.J. Simpson was supposed to play the Terminator in the Terminator movies, but James Cameron did not cast him because he didn't think he would be believable as a killer. Um... Mm hmm. And upsetting. that's timely because of all the OJ documentaries right now. Um, this is a fun. Like the cover of it is hilarious. It's a great book, I think, to like leave on your coffee table or if you're a person who does bathroom reading or leaves books in the bathroom for guests, like this is exactly that kind of book. It's ridiculous. It's great. Hold on to it as a stocking stuffer. Again, it's called Cats Are Capable of Mind Control and 1000 Plus Uber Facts You Never Knew You Needed to Know by Chris Sanchez. So that wraps up new books for the week. What are you going to go read now?
1: I just picked up just one damned thing after another. The Chronicles of Saint Marys by Jody Taylor, which apparently is like I read about it. I was like, oh, that sounds good, and then I, I posted it on Litzy, and they all went insane. All, all the people on Litzy, they were like, oh my god, that series is so amazing. Like I had no idea. Is this popular? Um, but it looks awesome. It is the best-selling British madcap time-traveling series that seems to be everyone's cup of tea, is is what the back says. Um, it says, The Chronicles of St. Mary's tells the chaotic adventures of Max and her compatriots as they travel through time saving St. Mary's, too often by the seat of their pants, and thwarting time-traveling terrorists, all while leaving plenty of time for tea. Whew! Yeah. Sounds awesome. And I think it's going to
0: be, like, one of five, so. Awesome. I am going to read. I'm so excited about this. <gasps> A Scot in the Dark. Yay! By Sarah McLean. It's the second book in her Scandal and Scoundrel series. And this. Series is inspired by gossip and the obsession with celebrity culture, and I just loved the first one so much. I love Sarah McLean with my whole heart. Uh, this is about Lillian Hargrove, who has lived much of her life alone in a gilded cage, longing for love and companionship. When an artist offers her pretty promises and begs her to pose for a scandalous portrait, Lily doesn't hesitate until the lying libertine leaves her in disgrace. With the painting now in public, Lily has no choice but to turn to the one man who might save her from ruin. Uh, I just, I have always loved Sarah McLean for how smart her romances are, for how much agency the heroines have, for how feminist they are, and I have heard all about how A Scot in the Dark just turns many of the tropes of romance on their head and is even more forward-thinking and progressive and feminist and awesome than her other books. I cannot wait to read it.
1: I will read any romance novel that takes its title and makes a wordplay from an Aussie song. <laughs> yes. I don't know that I'd want to read an Ozzy Osbourne romance novel. Probably not. No, but I love
0: Sarah. She's awesome. She's so great. And I really will just talk about her on the show every time she has a new book because they're (laughs) always awesome. Um, That wraps up our show this week. Thanks to our sponsors, All In by Simona Arnstead. Go to readallin.com or kensingtonbooks.com to learn more, or you can find the book wherever books are sold. Go to bookofthemonth.com and use the offer code SUMMER30, all one word, the number 30, to get 30% off a three-month membership plus a free Book of the Month Beach Tote and Sunglasses in your first box, and to Dream Jumper. We'll have a link to that one in the show notes as well. Also... It is July now, and so the July. fancy... July! I know, it's crazy. <laughs> I am not prepared for this. Uh, our fancy VIP registration has closed for Book Riot Live, but now you can get $20 off with the code MORECATS, M-O-R-E-C-A-T-S, all one word, uh, here as an all-the-books listener. Book Riot Live is November 12th and 13th. We cannot wait to hang out with you in New York City, um, and we have so many awesome speakers and great events planned. So check out bookriotlive.com for all that information and save 20 bucks with the code Cats. You can drop us a line at books at bookriot.com or talk to us on Twitter. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Liberty is Miss Liberty. And if you've got a minute, you can rate or review the show on iTunes, and we will super duper appreciate it.
1: And as much as we would love to tell you about more books out today, we just don't have the time. But you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash allthebooks. As well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And I would just like to throw it out there that my birthday is coming up, and if anybody's wondering what they should get me, I would please like a talking rabbit companion who has a mysterious past.
0: <laughs> we'll get right on that.
1: Thank you. <laughs> All right, Lib, happy reading. Happy reading! Oh!